Hello, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Stitches Podcast. I'm your host, Luke Manderfeld. Another week, another episode. We are almost done with November as we record this, going into December, which means we're almost to a new year, just a month away. It's the holiday season. It's cold up here in Minnesota, probably still warm in Arizona. But, I mean, that's because you're in a desert, Robert. But I got the guys, Nick Budig and Robert Stanger with me. Robert, how was your holiday Thanksgiving break? Sounds like you had a good time and you're back in the good old state of Arizona. Yeah, it went too fast. I wish it wasn't as fast as it was, but that's the way it goes sometimes when you're having fun, right? Time flies. Yes, sir. And uh, man, you moved to Arizona just a few months ago. Mm-hmm. I can I can feel the homesickness on you. Yeah. Yeah. I think, that, I think you missed home. Come on. Eh, Everyone geez. misses home somewhat. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. When I went back, I didn't even know what to do. <laughs> like, that's the thing. That's kind of how you were when you were there, too. <laughs> that's, not to necessarily, that's not necessarily true. Well, you didn't know what to do. Like, you had a job, and that was about it. That's why I went to yeah. Arizona. But, like, everyone moves away and moves on, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's your time to pregnant. shine is what I'm saying. Kind I'm of. not trying to call you out here. I don't know. I think it's call out here. No, it's wow. your time to shine is what I'm trying to say. Okay. All right. So Robert takes things personally. Nick, how's it going, man? It's going great. Thanks for asking, Luke. Yeah, see, I'm, Nick uh, takes it nice and in stride. <laughs> nice and stride. <laughs> I'm glad uh, to be back on the podcast. Good. Today, Always glad. After a week. I think we um, should call this podcast the Robert Roaster because he's, yeah. he's going to get roasted. He's this already going to be a rough one for him. I feel, wow. like, I feel like Luke and I have, have been hiding some stuff from Robert on this topic that he doesn't know about and we're just gonna open up a can of of tuna on him good luck all right that's enough of that so let's move <laughs> on to the pot, the conversation because this is one of robert's favorite things we're gonna be talking about asian baseball players and it's pretty topical this time of year because we're hearing about all the ball players from korea and japan getting posted and i feel like we have maybe more this year than we've had in past years uh, especially some pretty big names. And so we're going to go over kind of the history of, you know, Asian ball players coming over, some of the upcoming names to keep track of, uh, some of the successes that uh, Asian ball players have had in the past few years, which there have been quite a few successful ball players. Uh, yeah, so we'll get into all of that. Like I said, this is Robert's fair topic. This dude uh, lives and breathes Asian baseball, watches South Korea and Japan leagues all the time. So he's going to have a lot of uh perspective on this and then nick and i can obviously uh, jump in here and there as since we did watch some south korean baseball this year as well so we aren't completely clueless on this but uh just a reminder if you want to listen to more podcasts like this one we're gonna be doing some stuff all through the off season uh we're gonna have a lot of content coming up so we're really excited make sure you follow us on your podcast platforms your favorite podcast platforms it's apple Podcasts, google play music stitcher wherever you get your audio you can find us Make sure to send us your questions or comments to our email at thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. And uh, follow us on social media. We're at Facebook and Twitter at stitchespod. You can find us there. Okay, so I just I wanted this to be kind of just like a free-flowing conversation because, um, like I said, lots of Asian baseball players coming over. We've got one of the best pitchers in Japan coming over. We've got one of the best infielders in Korea coming over. It's two big names that I don't think a lot of people are putting a lot of weight into right now, even though they might be two of the biggest free agents uh, in this class, especially the pitcher. Sugano is one of the best pitchers in the, in the market right now. So uh, just off the top of your head, I guess, what do you kind of expect as the posting process goes along? 
it seems like there are some teams that have been interested in Asian players in the past, like Dodgers, Yankees, kind of those big market teams. But we did see a few years ago the Angels swooped in and took, you know, the star in Shohei Otani. Um, and so there could be some sneaky teams. But, I mean, honestly, I think Dodgers and Yankees are probably front runners for some of these players already. Yeah, no, I agree with you as well. I mean, honestly, for Sagan to be successful, I think he needs to go to a big-time organization. Not to say that he couldn't go to a smaller one and find success like with the Angels, but uh, I'm feeling like he's going to have to go somewhere that has a lot of experience with Japanese pitchers or Asian pitchers in general that have hard, have had great success. And that really fits that Dodger profile and the Yankee profile as well. As the Yankees are going to be looking for another starter just to have in that rotation because they do have a couple young options that – Maybe they don't want to go that route. And it's been a long time since they've been in the World Series, so Sangano could maybe get them over that hump. Yeah, the weird thing about the posting process is that a lot of these players come over when they're you know, past their prime or maybe just right in their prime, but they're coming over kind of the tail end. And, you know, Sugano, you know, Tomo Yuki Sugano, I should say his mm-hmm. full name before we kind of go further here. He's 31, and yep. so he is probably past his prime in terms of how, you know, statistics go. But he has still put up some really good numbers – you know, with, uh, in Japan, uh, yep, with the, with Umori the Umori Giants. Giants. Yep. And so he, he just put up a 2.16 ERA 0.88 whip. One, definitely the, one of the best pitchers in the league, probably the best pitcher, right? Robert. Yeah, he is. Yeah. He's been he probably the best, best one in the last decade, even he's been that good. Yeah. And so huge prospect. And, um, I just, the numbers translating over to major leagues, it's hard to gauge because we've had a number of good pitchers come over from Japan that haven't done well, but you look at the last few pitchers, handful of pitchers that have come over and they have done really well. So like guys like Masahiro Tanaka, Yu Darvish, uh, Kenta Maeda, these are all Japanese pitchers that came over and had found a lot of success. Hell, I mean, Kenta Maeda and Hanjin Ryu from Korea, both were the top two pitchers in the AL, one of two of the three best pitchers in the AL. And so Mm -hmm. we've seen a lot of success with Asian pitchers coming over. Sugano, I think, will find success, but where do you kind of where do you kind of see him falling in in terms of statistics? Honestly, I would say ERA wise, the Asian pitchers have this similar trend than the last decade of coming over here. I think Sugano's in between from a three one five ERA to like a three eight. I don't see these guys being fours. I know you say Kikuchi has not been the expectations that I've expected so far, even though he has some of the best stuff out of all of these guys. Uh, I would argue that Sugano, because of his great control there's going to be a lower ERA and that's where he's going to find his crazy success at the major league level where he's going to get a lot of outs with his soft stuff. And therefore there isn't going to be very much elite swing and miss potential with his pitches, but that doesn't mean that the success isn't there. I'm very big on Sagano just because he knows how to pitch. The word pitch cannot come out enough. He's a pitcher and that's the control of Sagano. And really when you look at it, he stacks up with all the rest of these pitchers that we have now in uh, major league baseball that are from Japan it's control. It's good breaking balls. I mean, they all fit the profile. I would say he's more like a hundred Ryu type. If you want to get into statistics where the case can be there, but I don't think it's like a high caper nine. Yeah. That also kind of sounds like Kenta May a little bit too, because yeah. I mean, he has a good caper nine, but it's not like super high. Yeah. I think uh, you've touched on a decent point there with the Japanese, you know, the Nippon professional baseball organization, you know, these pitchers, a lot of them don't throw very hard. No, mm-hmm. you know, there's only the occasional like Otani's, and you saw there's a guy who's like 17 or 18 who's throwing like 100 right now. But yeah, um, a lot of them are more pitchers than throwers, and I feel yeah. like you see that with the success mm-hmm. in terms of like Darvish and Maeda and these guys. They they find success in MLB, but it, 
Darvis was one who found success right away. He was very good, but there's it takes a few of these pitchers a, a couple of years to kind of adjust. Yeah, I don't know that's, if that's going to happen, Sugano, because that's he's my biggest really, fear too with him. Honestly. Yeah, was really really good, but yeah. really have to adjust because it's a different league. Yeah, and at 31, that's not going to be easy. Yeah, I mean, you guys, you brought up Kenta Maeda um, in comparison with Sugano, and if you look at their, I mean, their their career numbers um, are almost identical in the MPB league. Uh, so that's, I think that's kind of a, a, a maybe a, a good thing for Sugano. I mean, they're the same age. Sugano was the the ace of of, of Team Japan over the years, um, so I think that's another thing that's going to help him. But I, I do think you're right with with where he needs to go. Um, but I think more of a of a team that already has an established ace. Um, I, I obviously I don't we we don't see him being uh, coming over and being the U Darvish wipeout guy. Um, even Kenta Maeda took a few years to do what he did lot this this past season. So I think he is in line to be a be a solid three four starter at best coming over because he does he does know how to pitch. We talked about that um, being a soft thrower, but he has the control, he has the command. Um, so it will be interesting to see that. I, it, it would be a concern if he goes to a team that that needs drastic pitching help like the Angels, and he's forced into that role of being the being the ace of the staff not only outside of the cultural stock shock, but also just the baseball shock of, of being that, that position against a, a league that we've talked about is much higher than the MPB um, with, with talent every single day he faces. He's not going to face just one, one good hitter almost every other day like he does in the MPB, whereas you're going to face teams with, with MVP candidates a lot of the time. So it'll be interesting to see. I think he, he would be a nice piece for a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers having that not a lot of pressure on his shoulders coming out and being an ace. Mm-hmm. I think the Angels get kind of leg up in this. We talked about it a few weeks ago, I believe, maybe last week. Can't remember. I but. think that was more with Kohai Arihara because of his uh, relation to Shohei Otani. Well, I just think in general having Otani oh, okay. gives them yeah. a leg up because you got a star Japanese player. And imagine if Sugana goes there. I mean, you got two of the best Japanese players, <laughs> pitchers, mm-hmm. and whatever yeah. come through. Japan to be on the same team. I'm sure uh, mm-hmm. Otani would show him the ropes a little bit, even though he's younger. And then Tanaka signs with them too. <laughs> imagine all three, all three of them. That'd I couldn't imagine like Sugano. It, like I don't know if the limelight will affect. He's played for one of the biggest teams in Japan, yeah. right? Yeah, Robert. The Giants are huge. one of the biggest teams in yeah, Japan. The Yankees of the MPB. Yep. They are. Mm-hmm. So I can't imagine the limelight really hurts him that much. No. He's been in there so long and he's been playing at high level baseball for so long. Yeah. And he's done the WBC. I well mean, yeah, he's the, he's the ace of that staff. Yeah. yeah Whereas Otani came over as like this young kid who's barely had any experience on it. Yeah. And, and yeah, and just this guy just Sugano coming over from from the Giants is huge news just because I mean they don't post players generally. And this is no, like this is this is like like we said, MPB's best pitcher over the past ten years. Yeah. MPB's losing like a legend right now. Exactly. And this is out of the Central League, too. When you talk about competition, the Central mm-hmm. League isn't even as good as the Pacific League. So that's another concern. I don't know how much uh, you weight you want to put into that. But a lot of people believe that just because you have good success in the Central League does not mean it's going to translate well into the major leagues, where it's more likely if you do well in the Pacific League, the transition is a little bit better. Yeah, but I mean, just from a from a I think we're just, I'm going to stay with the 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 shock from losing a player like this. I mean, we talked about Otani coming over. He was young. I mean, he probably had a good following, but Sugano, obviously, he's going to bring a huge following with him over. I mean, the entire league's going to be watching what he does. Uh, we talk about players from Japan come over that are all-stars. I mean, this guy's an idol to a lot of these players and to a lot of these teams. So, I, I mean, whoever he signs with is going to get a huge boost in, in following. 
for sure. It, it's Definitely. interesting when you look at like the two leagues in Japan, the Pacific League and the Central League, how different they are. Like it's mm-hmm. not like the American League and National League. Like these are oh. completely different cultures. Yeah. You have like the Pacific League that's like a little more advanced and more tech, like technologically up to date in terms of like how they get their games out to viewers and you know social media and that stuff. And then the Central League's very very old school, and mm-hmm. like their players stay with their teams for their whole careers essentially. And yeah. so, like you said, Nick, it's very rare that you see a Central League player get posted like this, especially this one this good. So Sugano's got a lot of pull, I would guess, and he got mm-hmm. you know what he says goes essentially, and so he got what he wanted there, but. It's He's definitely on, a weird, weird a yeah. difference between two leagues. It's something you can't really compare to in America. Yeah. He's just been on the radar ever since. I mean, the WBC, I think it was, uh, mm-hmm. I think it was the 2006 World Baseball Classic. And he went six innings, one and run against Team USA. And this was, mind you, this was the all-star lineup, like the better one that we've seen from Team USA in a long time. And Sangano has always been getting good praise. I mean, Jim Leland said, this guy's got major league stuff. He's, I mean, there's no question. It's on 2016. Our, no, or was it 2016? Was it 2016? The most recent one? It might. Okay, maybe it was 2016. 2006. I think yeah. Leland was the most recent manager for the. Okay, yeah. Then it might have been mm-hmm. 2016. Yeah, that sounds or about right. 17. I can't remember, but I one think of those that two, was a yeah, good one team. of those two. Where USA won, right? Yeah, it was Eric yeah. Hosmer. I mean, they had a deep yeah, lineup. Yeah, yeah. The pitching was actually yeah. decent too with Stroman and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah. Jim Leland went out and said, "This guy's definitely a major leaguer." Uh, Andrew McCutcheon said, so this guy's got nasty stuff. I wouldn't be surprised if he made either. So, I mean, like, there's always been in the back back of the mind that Sugano's a major league pitcher. Mm-hmm. Not just because, you know, he dominated the MVP, but there's something there where he does well against these great hitters in the major leagues. And I know it's just one starts, one sample size. But when you have such good breaking ball and such elite control, you're talking about Hunjin Ryu's, you're talking about um, Kenta Maeda's, you're talking about these guys that really know how to pitch the, the game. They know the craft of it. And that's something that really has a leg up for Sangano versus like maybe Kodai Sanga is a name that maybe a lot of people don't know yet, but he also pitched right after Sangano in the WBC. He struck out five guys in a row. This guy's nasty. But does he not understand the craft of pitching? Because that's going to be more important if he gets over to the major leagues. He's got to learn that his stuff might not be as great as everybody else in the major leagues, even though he has the best stuff all around raw-wise in the NPB. So there's going to be – there's a comparison there where Senga has really good stuff, but Sagan knows how to pitch. So are we going to start seeing – because it's the same thing with Shohei Otani. I mean, he's got raw stuff, but does he know how to pitch? You know, we're at the major league level. The raw stuff only works if you know how to pitch. And that's one of my biggest concerns with a lot of these guys that do have great raw stuff out of Japan. Example, you say Kikuchi – but he doesn't know how to pitch here at the major league level. Yeah. And I want to kind of go to like a broader discussion between, you know, Asian leagues. Cause we've been talking about the MPB a lot Yeah, and the MPB is a very pitcher. Uh, uh, I don't want to say pitcher friendly league because it's just a lot of good pitchers in Japan. And I think that's mm-hmm. just the nature of the, the growing of the game in Japan where pitchers are saw as like the masterful, like, uh, leader of the team they're the ace that stuff in japan culture that's very very important and so a lot of like good athletic ball players become aces and good baseball players and or good baseball players and athletic players become pitchers rather than you know offensive or defensive players in korea though it's a very hitter friendly league and that's because mm-hmm. the pitchers are absolutely terrible in korea there's only a like every team probably has one or two good pitchers and their bullpen is absolutely terrible like there's <laughs> the bullpens are the worst i've ever seen yeah, and that's why you see a lot of KBO players from Korea. Uh, a lot of them are hitters, and we're mm-hmm. we're seeing a couple of them come over already. You know, you got Ha Sung Kim from the Kiwoom Heroes, who's very 
highly, highly ranked as a 25-year-old as an infielder. And now we see Nasung Bum. I think I'm saying his name right. He's coming mm-hmm. over now from the Dinos. He's 31. He's got knee issues, but he's coming over. He's been a very good hitter there too. Mm-hmm. It's, it's really interesting to see because obviously Japan players have had more success in America, but we've seen a lot more Korean offensive players have success. We were talking about like Sin Shu Chu mm-hmm. and uh, guys I can't think of. Tom, or I don't even know. role players. I mean, some of the Korean role players. But even like people would like to go back to the failures like, you know, Young Ho Park. Right all those guys, but mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that the next generation of players are going to be failures too. Every player is mm-hmm. different. Yeah. And that's what kind of bugs me is that I've seen people actually just before this podcast, I was doing some research on some of these Korean players and people are like, I hope the twins don't get them because yeah, beyond the whole park. But I'm like, yeah. it's not the same because one it's one player versus another two, not yeah. even the same type of players. Like, no, he's got tools. People compare that's... Korean players too closely. And that's mm-hmm. not really like, do you really compare all Dominican yeah. players the same way? No, no you don't. No. It'd be like, Brady coming over and screwing up for the White Sox. Yeah. Like, don't ever Pretty sign. We don't want, we don't want Luis Robert again. Yeah. Right. Yeah. No, we don't want to get Cuban anymore after Robert just blew it in the first year of his career. But yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, who says that? <laughs> Nobody says that. And yeah. so, just yeah. because of like one player ruined it doesn't mean you shouldn't sign Korean players anymore. But um, I digress. I think it's really interesting to see the differences. And we mm-hmm. talked about the, the rank of the leagues too. Like, Japan is probably the second best league in the world. It's kind of unanimous in terms of like mm-hmm. front offices and scouts. And then KBO is mm-hmm. like the fourth best league in the world behind triple triple A and above double A. Yeah. And so it's, it's just fun to see these players come over and see what they do. And it's exciting. Mm-hmm. And I know Robert, you love scouting that area and watching all these games too. So I know you're excited to see what these players can do at the major league level. Um, and I, it's gonna be fun. I, um, I was going to talk about some of these pictures from, from Japan that aren't being posted. Right. And Robert, you just wrote a pretty good scouting report on Yamamoto, who is uh, one of the pitchers for the Oryx Buffaloes. And he's one of the best young pitchers in MPB. Mm-hmm. He's a guy we might see in the major leagues in a few years, I would guess. Yeah, I, I would think so. I mean, honestly, I have a very big bias on this, but I do think if he came over to the major leagues tomorrow, he would be higher than Mackenzie Gore in the pitching prospect department. I think wow. he's just more of a polished pitcher than even Mackenzie Gore. I mean, I'm, I'm not even kidding. I haven't seen anyone dot fastballs on the corners up in the zone better than him in like the last five years for a young pitcher. I mean, it's just unbelievable. This guy just spots his pitches. He's got nasty forkball. I mean, disgusting forkball splitter is what they kind of call it. And I graded it a 75. All the scouts I saw were grading it about 65, 70. I was like, no, this might be the nastiest forkball the world's ever seen. He's just absolutely filthy. Better than Tanaka. And he's, and he's better than Tanaka's. And he's wow. even getting better. I mean, he's only 22. Yeah. He's so young. And, I it's mean, unbelievable. the thing about the team he's coming from, but yeah. the I'm, two best Asian players of all time, yeah. Ichiro and Nomo, both played for that team. I know, right? And there's Chris. So, I mean, that's that'd be, uh, that'd be pretty exciting. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the guy's got ace stuff, more likely a two. This is the guy that I think the Angels have to be, like, all over on. I mean, I'm not kidding. If Shoei Otani – Well, yeah, but if Shoei Otani pans out, this is the guy they got to get on. But, of course, I said, I said in the scouting yeah. report, I feel like the Yankees and the Dodgers, knowing their Asian market so well, they're probably all drooling over him right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it'll be a few years before we even hear <laughs> yeah. him. Yeah, it will be. Rumors of being posted. He's only 21. Like and he machine. might even be even insane at 20 – like, just absolutely ridiculous at 26. At just yeah. 21, his K per nine was 10.6, yeah. 2.2 ERA. <laughs> Even at like age 19, he posted a 2.10 ERA. 
That's ridiculous. Yeah, between, and they said I should it, say between both the, the minor leagues there and the actual big league. And they said his velocity is going to get higher too, like, tick, like a tick more where he might be hitting 95, 96 consistently, which is yeah, a really so good look Yoshinubo Nobo Yamamoto. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. Remember that name because he's pretty, pretty stud. Right down. Yeah. Um, there's also a few players in Korea that we've got to watch out for that haven't been posted yet. You were watching the KBO series, Robert, and there's a guy that stuck out to you with a pretty sweet swing. He's pretty young too, right? Or is he older? Oh, are you talking about, uh, uh, let's see. Are you talking about Juan, Ji Juan? Something yeah, like that? I think so. No, he's a little bit older. He's 31, like Nasi mm-hmm. Bong, but he does have like a Robinson Cano type of swing Ooh, where it is very smooth. Yeah. I don't know. Personally, I'm more on the, the bandwagon for bringing a catcher back. I really like that Yuji Yang. I think he controls a pitching staff really well. It'd be really interesting, be interesting to see if we can actually get a Korean catcher in Major League Has Baseball to command a staff. I don't know. Not that I can really think of. I mean, when I looked at all the people so on this list, I didn't see anything catcher. stand out. Yeah, I don't think I've seen really. one before. No, and I, I understand that. Like, it's, it's a culture barrier. It's probably really ridiculous and it's tough. But, I mean – if the talent's there and something clicks, why not? I mean, I personally over. think this guy has the best swing in the KBO. Yuji Yang, I think, has the best swing in the KBO, even though the numbers wow. might not say it. I think he's got a fluid swing. He's clutch. I mean, the guy just knows how to play baseball. And I know it's 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 out of Korean, so it's not exactly going to translate all the time into the major leagues. But I think there's some kind of role there that he could fit that maybe he could be a Travis Darinell, You know, There's been one catcher, yeah, good year. Asian catcher that's come over. Kenji Jojima. Jojima for the Mariners, yep. who was very, very highly touted, and he had a couple years, and then he was nothing. Hmm. Yeah. He actually retired I mean, and became a special advisor for the Mariners, though. Oh, that's interesting. That's so they probably valued his intellect and, you know, mm-hmm. his catcher, ability. Everyone loves catchers. I'm sure he helped get, right. like, Kikuchi and all that stuff. He too, probably over. did. Yeah. yeah. He's definitely something. as a special under the lines. Advisor. Yeah, under the like lines. Mariners thing. But it is interesting if I'm looking at the pages of players that have come over from Japan and South Korea. How many, how many just sheer number of pitchers from Japan? Oh yeah, and I Korea, bet. It's just all, all. Uh, um, it's not a lot of pitchers. No, and it's not a lot of successful, successful Korean players. If I'm being honest. No, no, you're right. Um, there isn't because even Chu was he was he signed out of high school, didn't he? He was he didn't even play in Korea, professional. Yeah, I think. I think so. Yeah, he didn't even play very much. Ever. He was like 18 oh. when he signed. Yeah. And so, he has absolute tools. I mean, he's a stud. Yeah, he didn't even go it's into tough. the KBO. I mean, I mean K- honestly, if you looked at system. the tools, we talked about this guy earlier this year, Nick. You were big on him. Say Se- Suzuki, Suzuki for the uh, Hiroshima Carp. They have similar tools. I'm not saying yeah. Suzuki's going to end up being Chu, but the similar tools are there. So that's what's very interesting. Like, Suzuki is good for the MVP, but he's not even a top three player. Whereas yeah. if Chu was in the KBO, he's easily the number one player. Mm-hmm. But he doesn't well, develop I mean, the yeah. same way, probably. No, maybe not. So I think, mm-hmm. like, there's been a few guys, like, um, who's the guy for the Rays? He didn't play in KBO either. Oh. Uh, First base. Well, there was a Choi. Oh. Choi? Yeah, G-Man yeah, Choi. Choi. He, didn't, Choi. He, got, he grew up in America, or he played in American minor leagues. So, yeah. Right? Did, I could, yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, he didn't play in the KBO. So what do you mm-hmm. thought? Do you think Kim's going to do well? I mean, he's 25 years old. He's a pretty young poster. I like him I like a lot. I like him for really like being a 20 – at best, I like him at being like a 25-15 guy, honestly. 25? You think it has that much pop? I think it's very – I mean, it has to develop. I don't think it happens the first year. I think people's 25. expectations the first year aren't going to be there. I think he's one of those guys that's going to have to adjust. He needs two years 
I think he has an incredible low ball swing. He does. But obviously, I think the, it's the concern. is it, it, A lot of people compare this swing to actually Alex Bregman. Okay. You heard that That's comp. Um, but the concern, obviously, when you get a guy, when you get especially a Korean guy who loves the low ball, if you get a 94-mile-per-hour fastball up, What's he gonna do with it? Is he gonna be able to catch it? We talked about throw we talked about Randy Orozarena, who just loves the who loved the fastball up this season mm-hmm. and kind of struggled when they started pitching him down in a way with soft stuff. I mean, it's is Kim the opposite? He's gonna struggle with ninety four up when he loves just dropping the dropping the head through the zone. Could be, uh, you know, that's hard to say because we don't really get the sample size of seeing that in the KBO because nobody mm-hmm. throws ninety four. Like eighty eight is the highest it seems yeah. like. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, honestly. But yeah, I mean, so there's a few guys. I think I think that Wu guy that is actually really high on my radar, even though he didn't have the greatest season. What he team? throws like I think uh, for the Hanwha Eagles, I mm-hmm. think he throws about 95. So he actually has good velocity. And I think he's only 22 or 22, yeah. one of the two. So he's very young. He's yeah, actually the second best pitcher for me in that league. And I'm just looking at kind of the like I said, the history of Asian players. There's only four Korean players active, and mm-hmm. two of them didn't play in the KBO. Right. Isn't that amazing? So it's obviously the two pitchers. So yeah. it's Hunjin Ryu and Quang Hyung Kim for the Cardinals. Mm-hmm. They're both, I mean, and Kim Those had a great first year. Right Talk about an older guy coming over in his first year, and he did pretty well in that little yeah. season. He did. It's just weird yeah. because you hear about some of these K- KBO players, and we're getting two of them posted now. And so it's I just yeah. it's weird that this year is the year that a lot of Asian players seem to be coming over. Well, I mean, I wonder if it has a lot to do with just the 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 eyes they had them on had on them all year. KBO was KBO. I mean, everyone was watching the KBO and the national. I mean, mostly the KBO because ESPN was showing them everything, and maybe they just saw that and they're trying to trying to cash in. I mean, yeah, we talked. We talked about. We talked about KBO and MPB not posting players when they're too young. I mean, Kim got posted. And he's 25 years old. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, potential. and that's only because he played. He started when he was 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and so the KBO has this really stupid rule. You have to play seven years service time in before yeah. you can even be posted. I don't think Japan has that. I think they do, but you can get there's like a loophole around it because yeah. Otani somehow got posted. Right. Yeah, I still understand that. So either. I think I know KBO does have a rule though. It's seven years, and so this is the youngest. KBO player ever to be posted, and that's what makes it intriguing because he's still got some refining. He can yeah, he's, hit the he's not yet. coming over 31, 32, where right. yeah. you still got to work. You, you don't have much to work with there because he's already filled much out developed. Everything. Yeah. Kim being developed like this is going to be super, super interesting mm-hmm. uh, at this age. Yeah. Um, sure. Yeah. I so, also like, uh, oh, I was going to say, I also like Chang Moku, obviously, from the NC Dinos, rated about him all year. He's a few years away, but. Also, probably the best. I mean, the thing about the KBO is there's like three pitchers that really stand out that have potential to get mm-hmm. to the major leagues, but really only one, in my eyes, has the real potential of being like the next hundred and Rio, and that's definitely cool. And then you sure. obviously have Canadian your players, like American players, that go over there and find yeah. success and come back. That's mm-hmm. happened no. too. Yeah. So no, Rojas just won the MVP over in KBO. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there you go. I mean, it could happen. To see if he comes back. I doubt mm-hmm. it. KT was need to start winning, right? Yeah, yeah. It's just like it just it does feel like there's more eyes on the Asian leagues these days than there mm-hmm. have ever have been. More and, you know, part of it is KBO being on ESPN. Also, KBO is very very easy to watch if you want. Oh, it's yeah. on Twitch. So if you if you're a gamer, you definitely know what Twitch is. If you're not a gamer, <laughs> it's a very easy platform. You just sign up, free everything. You watch these games free. 
Now, Japan's mm-hmm. a little tougher because yeah. sometimes you can find streams, sometimes you can't, right, Robert? So Yeah, yeah. But they're, they're, I feel like Japan, the Pacific League in, in, in specifically has been a lot easier to watch too if you, if you really want to. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, more eyes on Asian ball players. I'm sure front offices paid a lot more attention, like Nick said, because of the pandemic and there wasn't any baseball to be watched in America. They started turning their eyes to KBO in Japan, and that might be a reason why we're seeing these influx of, of Asian mm-hmm. players. Um, I just think it's exciting because, you know, MLB for the longest time, you know, was dominated by, you know, there's a lot of Caribbean players and obviously American players. I would love to see more of like these top tier Japanese and Korean players come over. Mm-hmm. Cause we just had this debate with a couple of our baseball friends, Robert, like mm-hmm. they don't believe Korea or Japan has a very good league. And I'm, I'm, mm-hmm. we're telling them like, no, these guys are legit. These guys can, can compete with major leaguers. And we'll get the chance to see that with Sugano mm-hmm. and the Ari, Arihara guy. Right. And um, I mean, no one's, and by no means, nobody's saying those leagues are better than the major leagues. No one no. should get that idea in, in their head. But what we are saying is that there's potential there and that it should not be slept on. I mean, for sure, yeah. Japan has been absolutely phenomenal. I mean, we can say whatever you want about America never bringing their best players. But when it comes to crunch time and the World Baseball Classic, they smoke. They're so good in the, like, in the big spotlight. They love it. That's their thing. Yeah. They are the number one ranked baseball country in the world, if you actually like the official ranking. <laughs> Not even kidding. Go so look it weird. up. So it's I, like I Japan's sport is baseball. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. They don't really have another sport that's super big, whereas America has like, you know, basketball, basketball and football. football and, yeah. yeah. So your most athletic players probably play basketball, and there's not very many that play baseball. So. Uh, Japan has is very good players, and like I said, the MPB is above AAA. It's the second best league in the world, and I think a lot of people, it's like a consensus type thing. And mm-hmm. so, do not sleep on these Japanese players because they can make a huge impact. And it's it's the intrigue. It's it's like seeing a new prospect get called up for a team. That's what mm-hmm. this feels like. Except mm-hmm. the prospects played ten very good years in the thirty years old. Yeah, in case who's been the best. And I mean, there is there is some debate where you wish that the rookie of the year maybe doesn't qualify to those guys because you know yeah. they had their experience. But I mean, that's just the way it is, unfortunately. I don't know if that could change though, because no, they not. are rookies. They yeah, yeah. yeah. they never, never played in the major league exactly, game. so they still go in that category for sure. Like if someone played ten years in AAA and never got called up, they'd probably be pretty dang good too. The, the other thing I wanted to say, Luke, that you were bringing about the posting thing is a lot of these guys, they just don't get posted because they're teams. They need them. I mean, it's just like yeah. in Major League Baseball. We need these guys. That's why they don't go to the WBC, for example. They want their players to be healthy. They don't want to, like, see them go away. And something – the same thing like Nick was saying with the Giants, the SoftBank Hawks, who are my team for the MVP, won their fourth straight title thanks to Yuki Yanagita, who I would argue is probably one of the best players in the world. I think he's that good. But the thing is, he'll never come over because the Hawks locked him up. He was about to come over to the major leagues, but he got hurt before last year, and that's why he didn't come over. And now the Hawks are like, okay, well, we're going to try and keep our guys. So I'm a little concerned because of their thought process because maybe Kodai Singa doesn't come over, and he's probably the second-best pitcher in that league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Singa, but I mean, does Singa play for the SoftBank Hawks? Yeah, he does. Yeah. 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 I mean, we also talked about – I mean, it's like these guys grew up watching these teams. It's like – yeah, there's a sense dream. of pride. It's, it's like, yeah, they, nope. they're honored to play for these teams. I don't even know if players even switch teams, like, at all over there. They just – I yeah, feel like I mean, they stick with one really, team for most of their career. Yeah, pretty much. Even in the KBO, works. it's a lot of players just stick with the same team, and that's it's just how it is. It's also it's the free agent structure there. Also, it's the pride mm-hmm. in giving your mm-hmm. – like, it's just, that's the culture of Japan and Asia in general is the community 
it's the team it's not one person whereas america yeah. is completely flipped where independence and yeah, stuff get that like bag. that is very valued there's nothing exactly. wrong with either it's just a different culture and mindset yeah, yeah. that's why so that's a good point, people. Robert, is that they care a lot about their team and their community. Yeah. I'm sure well, I just want. don't want people getting the wrong idea that that's why we're not getting a lot of these players. It's not because they're not good. It's because mm-hmm. the teams want to keep them and they want to win championships in their own right. They don't yeah. want to let their best players go. I mean, if I'm in the KBO, for example, and I looked at their pitching, I mean, I've been scouting their pitching this year. I only see three good pitchers now in this league, maybe even two. So I'm, I'd be concerned about losing my good players. Mm-hmm. yeah that's a good point and the players might not even want to come over they might no. like i mean they grew up they're japanese that's true. Like, yeah their home their, their culture it's exactly. not easy just yeah. to move especially yeah. when you're probably making really good money in japan they pay pretty well over there mm-hmm. so i wouldn't be surprised if some american players start like some decent american i players think that's i mean we already saw kevin crone go over this year which was a decent player very once a very highly talented prospect yeah still pretty yeah. young too yeah yeah but kind of not really a prospect anymore to be honest no no not anymore yeah. no not yeah. anymore <laughs> So, yeah, so, yeah, so that was kind of a fun conversation about Asian baseball. It's it's something new, something different, something to look out for, I think. And if you do have something to – if you don't want to watch Major League Baseball next year, maybe you can check out one of those games. They're, like I said, pretty easily available. Um, and make sure to watch out for these players being posted. I know we will, and we'll be talking about it on our podcast for, for weeks to come. Uh, make sure you subscribe to us so you can listen to our stuff throughout the offseason. Uh, we're on all your audio platforms, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play Music, wherever you get your podcasts, you can find us. We're on social media, at Stitches Pod on Facebook and Twitter. Send us your questions or comments via email, thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. That's thestitchespodcast at gmail.com. All right, that was a fun one, Robert. I know it's a fun one for you. You love your Asian baseball. And uh, we'll keep riding it out and uh, see if we get some big free agent signings we can talk about. But if not, um, we'll do some prospect stuff. We're going to do some Hall of Fame stuff. Good stuff in the next two weeks. All right, uh, hope you stick with us and uh, we'll see you here.